Ever wish your Tesla could fly? Soon you'll be able to invest in this electric air taxi company. Are NFTs just a trend or a long-term investing strategy? And Snap vs Twitter, who will be the winner? Our mission is to bring together the best venture capitalists to compete so you have the insights on how to invest with the best. Now let's meet our venture capitalists jumping in the Thunderdome. Elizabeth Yin, general partner at the Hustle Fund, former manager at Google, just closed a $30 million fund investing in pre-seed startups. Matt Conwell, Rare Breed Ventures, known as your favorite VC's favorite VC, and owner of the best VC Twitter in the game, runs a $10 million fund investing in underrepresented founders. Jay Malik, general partner, Countdown Capital, also chairman at Mission Control, a next generation incubator for deep tech startups, runs a $5 million fund investing in frontier tech. Elliot Robinson, partner at Bessemer, just announced two new funds totaling $3.3 billion, co-author of Bessemer's iconic 10 laws of cloud computing. It's another primetime lineup, now let's jump into the most electric show in business entertainment. Let's go. IPO alert powered by M1 Finance. Joby Aviation, Rocket Lab, and Oatly all have plans to hit the public markets. Which upcoming IPO are you most excited about and why? Elliot, start us up. Awesome. So the whole SPAC movement, super excited about it, but SPAC is putting the SPAC back in space and that's all that matters. Add the E, my favorite letter out of my first name. I'm gonna give you three. Rocket Lab, sending everything you need to space. Spire Global, my first IPO was in the satellite space. Spire Global just back yesterday, doing everything satellite data and autonomo. Connected car data. So everything Frontier is coming back through the SPACs. Couldn't be happier. Wow, Elliot giving us three right off the bat. Elizabeth, how about IPO that you're excited about? I'll probably go with Joby. So also in the aviation space, I think you know what they're doing is just really cool. When you think about it, if you can have helicopters going anywhere, that's way better than cars or planes. So that's what I'm gonna go with. Okay, Joby, backed by Reed Hoffman, the quiet, clean electric aircraft, that's exciting. Mac, how about yourself here? So I'm going to channel my inner Elliot and answer the actual question using the companies you sent us. And I'm going to go with Oatly. Out of the five companies that we got sent, they're the ones with the highest value, looking for the highest valuation of $10 billion. And as a user of the product, you know, I'm going to be buying this for the rest of my life. You know, it's an alternative to soy into nut milk, you know, for people who have nut allergies to soy and soy sensitive. So Oatly's the way to go. And they just signed a partnership with um, Starbucks. Like, who doesn't like Starbucks? I'm going with Oatly. That's my thing. Backed by Blackstone and Oprah. You said, I guess you can't go wrong with that. Jay, yourself here. I want to have to go with Joby as well. I'm with Elizabeth. Um, extremely capital intensive. Getting into public markets is the best way to grow this kind of company. So totally in on Joby. Joby also, they got venture by Intel, Toyota, and JetBlue. So those are some solid partners with Joby Aviation. So. I'm uh, on Joe. Too much frontier too. tech going on here. Not enough love for the consumer. But you can ride in that helicopter. You know that, Mac. That's fair. That's fair. Hot Sectors, brought to you by First Republic Bank. <laughs> Swedish fintech company Klarna just raised a billion dollars. Will the next set of unicorns come from an emerging market? And what business sector do you think it will come from? Elizabeth. 
Emerging markets, what do you think? I love emerging markets. I mean, I think just from a fundamentals perspective, it's a lot easier to acquire customers because there's pretty much no competition. And you, you know, a lot of our emerging market companies even have street sales forces where they literally go knocking on doors with small businesses and it works. It's so cheap to acquire these customers. So I think if I had to pick one geography, it'd be somewhere in Southeast Asia. I'll probably go Indonesia. And how about a business sector? FinTech. Okay. I like that's That's solid right there. Uh, Jay, over to you. Yeah, I, I do agree. I do think emerging markets are, are hot and, you know, where the next wave of unicorns is going to come from. Um, I also think it'll be coming from Africa, parts of Africa and, and potentially Asia. Um, business sector for me actually will be in frontier tech um, and in some cases fintech. I, I think both of those sectors, uh, specifically in emerging markets, have a lot of potential. Okay, Mac, what are you thinking over here? I'm going to go a little off the board here. When we talk about emerging markets, I'm going to stay within the United States and talk about investing in underrepresented founders. You know, the numbers of investing in underrepresented founders is still abysmal. And yet we're seeing more and more underrepresented founders get significant amount of capital to grow their companies. Check out a company like ScholarMe who helps students plan and pay for college. You got Remodel Mate, click a button, get a new kitchen. A lot of great founders coming out. And I'm going to shout out another company based out of St. Louis, ran by a black woman called Rebundle Plant-Based Biodegradable Braiding Hair. There's a lot more room in this space and there's a lot more innovation to be had. Look out for those underrepresented founders. All right, Matt coming with it today with a fresh new cut. He's, he's he got a lot to deal with over here, Elliot. How about yourself, uh, emerging markets and sectors? For sure. So I'm going back to the continent. Um, however, I'm going industry agnostic. I'm going delivery model. It's all about the cloud. You guys hear me talk about this all the time. Going to shout out a couple of companies that are really emerging in Africa, making a big name for themselves. Sote and Logistics Sash. Shout out to Marlon Nichols over at Mac Venture Capital for leading that round. Flutterwave in fintech, Smile Identity. Uh, that's in the authentication space. You got to figure out what to do with all these new fintech applications and identities. How do we make it safe? And lastly, Chipper. We're really talking about getting everyone onto the financial uh, institution platform and doing it in the cloud. That's all that matters. Elizabeth, do you have any shout outs you want to throw out there? Oof. <laughs> well, okay. So uh, building on Max point, actually, I, you know, Calendly is a, is one that's going to come up really, really soon, right? Like that one, I think if I had to guess IPO, maybe next two years, somewhere in there. And then in Africa, we actually have a, a fintech company that's based on a crypto platform called iFlux, and they're basically empowering merchants. So you've seen a lot on the consumer side, but they're empowering merchants to do business digitally. And, and you know, right now, so many of these people are just running around with, you know, pencil and paper in, in all of these locations. So it's fintech is going to be big in emerging markets, and it's hard to pick just one geography for me. Well, it looks like Mac agrees with you. Uh, Jay, Elliot, any rebuttal here? I'm not, I'm not cool enough to invest in consumers, so I'm going to leave that to the people that are much cooler. <laughs> We're excited to announce our partnership with M1 Finance in creating the prime time portfolio. We're taking the insights from our VCs to buy stocks using the M1 Finance Super app. We're inviting you to download the app, the link below, to invest alongside us. All gains from these investments will be donated to the nonprofit Girls Who Code. Download the app and let's make some money for a good cause. Startup Spotlight. Pet telemedicine platform Fuzzy lands $18 million Series B, seeded by ENIAC Ventures. Highlight an early stage startup and founder that's under the radar. 
What are the unique characteristics of the founder that gets you excited about their future? Jay, enlighten us. Uh, my favorite startup today is Dash Shipping. Um, they're basically delivering packages out of planes, dropping it out of planes, and delivering it right to the facility as you as you drop it out of a window. Um, big fan of the founder. He's coming from an underrepresented background, no college degree, has a welding background, um, and has built an incredible company just by hustling and hustling and hustling. Um, and they just recently raised a round that's, that was the lead investor was uh, AVC. So really, really excited about what's going on there. Um, the founders really hustle his way to where he is now, uh, has some great investors, including myself, which I'm very happy about um, and excited to support. Mac, you got an under the radar startup you want to shout out here. Yeah, I'm going to shout out uh, Juno Medical, uh, ran by Kaylee Henson. Um, it's a next generation medical center. First uh, operations was in uh, Harlem, New York. Um, he is the perfect model of founder market fit. He is a physician turned McKinsey consultant specializing in medical payments, now leading the next generation medical center with a unique payment system. Perfect founder for this kind of company, a black founder uh, based out of New York in Harlem, uh, received money from uh, Google's Black Founders Fund. We're happy to be in their first round of funding and founder under the radar. Look out for it. Yeah, out of Harlem. We're recording out of Harlem, so you're hitting home. Elliot, startup founder. I got to pick up where Mac left off. Shout out to Keely. He is my business school classmate from Columbia Business School class of 2012 uh, and a very good friend of mine. However, my answer is there's only one real answer to this. It's Elise Smith at Praxis Labs. If you don't know who she is, she just raised $3 million led by SoftBank's Opportunity Fund, our good friend Charles over at Precursor and uh, Ulu Ventures. What it does is it's VR, AR for diversity, equity, and inclusion education in the enterprise. Things like pay equity, things like making sure folks have equitable opportunities to advance throughout their career in their, in their employer. That is super important when I think about the next wave of technology, and I couldn't be more thrilled for Elise and the team. Absolutely. Sounds like a winner. Elizabeth, uh, startup founder. You don't need a shout out. Yeah, I'm going to go with one that is probably interesting to a lot of the retail investors uh, who might be watching this. So we have a portfolio company called VinoVest, and it is um, a way for you to actually buy and sell wine as an asset class. So, you know, traditionally people don't invest in wine unless you happen to have a wine cellar, which is probably not that many people, and you have to kind of know what to do with it and storing it in custody. They make it super easy. It's like the Robin Hood or the StockX to be able to buy and sell wine. And you can even buy index funds if you know nothing about wine. So VinoVest is what I'm going to go with right now. I, I would never be able to hold on to that wine. I would just be staring at it, put it in the decanter, and have it with hopefully one of you guys. But uh, any, anything else that we want to touch on here? You know, I, I think while we're doing shout outs, uh, I'm going to shout out a company that I'm lucky enough to be a co-investor with, with Elizabeth, a company called Buffalo Market an amazing founder by the name of Adam, a Polish immigrant who is literally nothing but a force of nature. He is one of those founders who cannot be stopped, right? He's like one of those founders who like you look up one day and somebody just gave him some giant piece of equipment for a dollar just because they liked him, right? Those kind of we founders are amazing. And shout out to Elizabeth. She found him before I did. So lucky to be a part of that deal. All right. So let's give Elizabeth a point. <laughs> I think so. I'll yeah. take your points back. <laughs> just handing it. points off to Elizabeth. We'll, we'll do that. Yeah, right? happy to. Take away from Thank that. Thank you. Buy or sell, powered by Stockflix. Are you bearish or bullish on NFTs? Do you ever see yourself investing in companies within this sector? 
What are some of the best use cases you believe NFTs will disrupt and evolve going forward? Mac, over to you. So non-fungible tokens, very interesting space, really hot space. A space that I felt like was far beyond me when I found out Jake Paul's out here making a bunch of money. Like, yeah, this is outside of my demographic. But whenever there's money to be made, I need to be there. So I am very bullish on NFTs. Um, it's more than just a fad. We're seeing um, things like uh, this this trading card pack that they're doing for basketball. It's, it's all these cool things. They're really well suited for turning anything into an asset. And I'll even say, you know, we got some ideas of what we're going to do with NFTs over here at Rare Breed. Ooh, a little cliffhanger. Elizabeth. NFTs, bearish or bullish? Generally bullish. So, I mean, I think what are the amazing parts about it? Like artists and creators can essentially sell with less friction their their creative work. And I think, you know, you don't have middlemen or middlewomen and, um, you know, you can sell uh, your authentic item and, and not have people copy it. So that's the general premise. I think that general premise is here to stay. But I got to say, when I saw that, you know, cat Giphy sold for... Uh, the equivalent of $600,000 in Ethereum, I was just floored. I think somebody has uh, too many tokens just sitting around, and I don't know if that's here to stay. I, I think Elliot's got a few NFTs. Are you bearish or bullish, uh, Elliot? Uh, I think I'm both. I think it depends on the right. use case. So I'll answer it this way. Um, I'm bullish for a couple of sectors or a couple of communities. The creator community, of course. Oddly, the community that I think about most is actually amateur athletes. I heard Mark Cuban do a podcast talking about how, you know, digital videos and likeness plays out in kind of professional athletic circles. There's a lot of college students that go to college, make a lot of money for these folks, but they can't own their digital assets. That's a space that I'm really, really excited about. Where I am bearish is just the hype cycle. I think we're at the peak of the hype cycle. It will come back to earth. But all that said, uh, myself and Bessemer is really interested in the space and we're gonna be making some plays here pretty shortly. Yeah, the hype cycle, I think in the next six months, you're gonna see a lot of surge and then we'll see where that goes. Uh, Jay, how about yourself? Definitely bullish. What I love about NFTs is that it makes it really hard to have fake collectibles, right? Um, because you're, you're able to trace every item back to the original issuer, it makes it really hard to get away with anything that's fraudulent. Um, from a... From a sector perspective, I think there's a lot of really cool applications here. There are even things like, you know, digital uh, real estate, digital sneakers, all of these kinds of use cases. And I think it's all uh, indicative of how our concept of ownership is changing. Um, the more we as a society move towards a digital world, um, the more our concept of what, what, what is important to us and, and how and the shape and form things need to take is going to be digital. And so I think NFTs in the long run are super, super valuable and are going to only become more popular as we move into a software driven world. And also to mention 10% royalty fees to the artists, no matter when or how many transactions take place. So they're going to continue to get money, which wasn't the case before. Uh, so I think Elizabeth made that point a little bit and uh, that's exciting. Shout out to CryptoPunks, the NFT. I didn't get my own, but uh, that's, that's uh, one of the shout outs for the NFTs. Uh, anything else before we make a cut? Any other last thoughts here? Ready for the next round. No, no stealing of points. No, you know, going shots fired or anything like that. No. All right. Okay. All right. Well, this is my favorite part of the show. Unfortunately, but fortunately, we have to cut some people. Um, I will say Elliot came with the fire. He was, he's, uh, Elliot, you made it into the finals. So congratulations. Very, very nice. Back into the finals where you belong. Uh, Jay, first time, it wasn't the charm. So you're going to have to, you're out. You're out. Now comes to Elizabeth. 
Elizabeth and Mac, I don't know how to say this, but uh, Elizabeth, you started off a little slow, so we're gonna give it to Mac. We're going Mac and Elliot in the finals, so congratulations. Right. Hey Elliot, I got a bottle of Old Bay hot sauce for you. If you win this one, I'm, I'm gonna put that up as a bet. What you got? You got a bet? You got anything you can throw down? I got a fresh bottle of Hennessy White for you in return. Okay, okay. See now, now we met. Now we get. You would have gotten points if you wanted to give me some of that, but we're gonna move on to the finals. <laughs> Welcome to the finals, the money round, brought to you by First Republic Bank. Coinbase just released their S1 document as they gear up to go public. As an investor, enlighten me. Why is the S1 document valuable to review and what are the most important sections to focus on? Elliot, start us off. Yeah, so I read more S1s than I read bedtime stories. This is my world. However, I'm gonna say there's not two sections that matter. There's only two things that matter. One is net dollar retention and the other is gross margin payback period. If you find those two things in any section of an S1, that's what you need to understand. You need to understand how much money does each customer year over year pay that same company and second how many months gross margin effective does it take to recover your cap your customer acquisition costs that's all that matters don't read the other pages wow coming out hot mac what do you got after that so clearly elliot does late stage investing i do early stage investing i never read s1s <laughs> unless i'm making an investment myself but uh if you're looking at s1 start with the money Always follow the money and make sure you read about all the different things in the money. Don't start with revenue, right? Revenue can be misleading, right? You want to see what's the actual net that they're coming back. And most of these companies are actually losing money. You just want to see how much more money they're making every year and how much they're going to lose. Because a lot of these companies are losing a lot of money, even though they're going public. Be careful. Okay. All right. Don't invest in WeWork. Snap Maps is now targeting Yelp, while Twitter announces the super follow feature. Which bet will play out better in the long term for these publicly traded social media companies? I'm gonna go back over to you, Max. So these are two really cool features. The super follow is gonna be interesting, but it's really geared towards the creator economy. There's already a lot of other great products out there for that. What I'm really more interested in is Twitter coming out with Twitter Spaces, their competitor to Clubhouse. It's the first, it's one of the first inclusive platforms that includes not just iPhones, but also uh, Androids. It allows you to take the communities that you've already built over long periods of time on Twitter and now being able to have conversations with folks. And now I no longer have to send DMs to my friends like Jay and Elizabeth. I can just ask them to join the space and we can have a conversation through Twitter. So I'm all in on Twitter. Elliot. Your thoughts here, long term, who's gonna win? I love Max answer, by the way. I just did my first spaces thing with a good friend of mine, Sarah Tavel, over at Benchmark. It was excellent. Uh, and I'm also very anti clubhouse, so I'm long spaces. Now, in terms of the Snap Twitter thing, um, it's a cultural phenomenon. Two of my favorite podcasts just talked about this the Joe, Bo the Joe Button podcast and the Drink Champs podcast. If you can do tipping, premium tweets, premium service, premium access to a community that you've already built over years, that's the way to go. Trying to do geolocated things with Snap. I've actually never used Snap. Again, not cool enough to do consumer. So I'm long on any premium services and monetization options on Twitter. What's an investment trend that you believe in that others don't? I'm going to go back over to Elliot. Uh, I'm not going to say that other people don't. I'm just not sure if other people see it. So I'm even scared to talk about it. As you know, I talk a lot about cloud software. The place that I'm spending a lot of time thinking about is China Cloud. 
Now look, enterprise software has been in China forever, but their infrastructure is just showing up. You know, Alibaba Cloud, Tencent Cloud is showing up such that all of these things that were residing on-prem are now going to the cloud and they're starting to mimic some of the best practices that they've seen in North America and Europe. So again, I hope nobody's watching this because this is where I'm spending a lot of my time in the firm side, but China Cloud is a trend that I'm really excited about. All right, Mac, he's rolling his eyes. What do you think, Mac? You gonna take it away, get, get some points back because you're so slacking a little bit. I'm going to go back to a previous answer, so don't kill me for reusing an answer, but it's investing in black founders. You know, this is a trend that we saw grow in the amount of money spent on black founders in 2020, and it's only going to keep going. And granted, we're still seeing there are other traditional investors out there poo-pooing these founders who are not in Silicon Valley or who are going after spaces they don't understand. Look, I have a founder we recently invested in, a woman by the name of Shauna Step-Jones, creating a company called Divineering Labs. She's creating the first tumble dryer for wigs and hair weaves that will be able to dry a wig or hair weave in 15 minutes with no heat. This woman cares about her product so much after getting the door shut in her face for three years, she became a surrogate mother just so she could start paying, just so she could get the money to start building her prototype. It's ridiculous, but that's the trend we're going to change. Yeah, no, that's a beautiful story. I'm going to have to agree with you on that answer, but it wasn't enough to come back. And our winner came with fire today is Elliot. So Elliot, congratulations. Mac, good round. Congratulations. So Elliot, uh, I got that bottle of hot sauce for you, Elliot. Don't worry. And me. The final word. Here's what I'm going to talk about. Every year, uh, as a firm, we release something called the state of the cloud. Clearly, you've heard me say cloud probably 15 times throughout this show. It's where I spend most of my time. And every year, we predict what we think is really going to happen for the next year. My first prediction I talk about in this year's state of the cloud is that diversity equity and inclusion software is finally taking their rightful place inside of the enterprise. I could not be more excited about that. For 15 years of my venture capital career, the venture capital and tech community has really fell short when it comes to this. So the idea that we've got you know, data science, software tools, great founders that are diverse by their background and nature, shout out Stephanie Lampkin, who's 100% the OG in this space over at Blendor. There's just a groundswell. And I'll give one last shout out to Cyndia, which is a great company that we just backed here at Bessemer about a month ago, and they're focused on pay equity to make sure that women, diverse people in the workplace, they get equal pay for equal work because that's the future of how we make a more equitable society. So that's what I got. Thanks a lot for watching. Follow us on all social media at PrimetimeVC. Check out PrimetimeVC.com. Check out the podcast. Check it all out. Subscribe. Hit the notification button. Appreciate you.